Hi everyone, welcome to the season two premiere of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. I am JJ, and with me always is my co-host Keith. Hello! It's good to be back, Keith. I know, we actually have a season two of something. I'm proud, like, I've never Mm -hmm. had a season of anything, let alone a season two. I'm so excited. I know, it's very exciting, and we just could not wait to come back and record more. So we decided to kick off our second season big uh, with a guest that we've wanted for quite some time. Quite a funny man. Um, our good friend, uh, comedian, sketch comedy writer, and history buff, Dan Conroy. Oh, dang! Hey, guys! Hey, Dan. Good hey. to have you here, Dan. Guys, I always said you were season two material That's, for any show. I'm the jump the shark material. Uh, <laughs> when you got me, it's all over. No, it's a, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, yeah. We're, we're very excited to have you here, Dan. And uh, we ha- there was one specific movie in mind oh. that we always knew we wanted to have you on for, and it's a movie that kind of goes way back with all of us. The mm. 1998 uh, blockbuster action epic, Armageddon. Oh. You're being very kind oh. by calling it an epic. Uh, Am uh, I allowed to curse on this? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, by oh. all means. This fucking meatball of a movie. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, This movie gave me space space dimension. Oh, oh. we will get into space dimension. Um, so basically, <laughs> uh, Armageddon, 1998, directed by Michael Bay, mm-hmm. starring an ensemble cast of Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, one of our favorites, Owen Wilson. Steve Buscemi, Michael Clark Duncan, oh. Peter Stomore, William Fe- It's a character actor, 90 character actor galore. And yeah. that's one of its appeals, I, I would think, for audiences. Speaking of which, uh, this movie falls into the category of a negative score with critics and a positive score with audiences. I don't think that's surprise, a surprise. surprise. <laughs> I don't think that's a surprise for anyone. I think a lot of Michael Bay movies fall into that category. These critics just didn't like roller coasters. <laughs> like, that's why they didn't like it's this movie. It's in Roger Ebert's most hated yeah. movies in 98. Yeah, he oh, gave I, it scathing reviews. Yeah. He has a great quote about this movie. Uh, real quick, the critics' consensus about Armageddon on Rotten Tomatoes. Lovely to look at, but about as intelligent as the asteroid that serves as the movie's antagonist. Dang! Armageddon sickly, slickly, sums up the cinematic legacies of producer Jerry Bruckheimer and director Michael Bay. That's kind of uh, going easy on this movie, I would think. That consensus. Yeah, that was like much kinder than like some of the train wreck reviews that uh, Oh, I noticed it. something. I have a few things to say. I don't want to be in this movie's corner, but like... The, when I was watching this movie for the first time, I had two thoughts. I'm like, oh, Keith David's in this? Like, <laughs> I, I had no idea on this rewatch he was in this, but yeah. he's perfect as the general. Oh, God. I, I like seeing Keith but, David pop up in things. But my interpretation of this movie was like, if I sent my kid to summer camp mm-hmm. for 16 weeks, it took 16 weeks to film this movie, mm-hmm. and he came back and said, Dad, my friends and I made a movie. And I was like, oh, like... It's stupid. It's a stupid it's, movie. It's a, they would have written this movie. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know if they would have the money for but all the effects. But it looks like everyone's having fun. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It crosses the point of, like, this is so dumb that I can't right. hate on it anymore. It's like watching a really stupid kid try to do groceries. It's just like... What's also funny, too, is that in... in what? <laughs> groceries? Like, you no, know, it's just like, you... you you're not rooting like yeah. you're just in, you're watching this. This kid just bought ice cream. Yeah. Uh, this it's it's one of those things where um and, and even in that same fashion um Michael Bay apologizes for it years later oh, with yeah. like the caramelization oh. of time. Like he goes on to say in that same way like a kid who says his dog ate his homework. Like he says wow. like after the 16 weeks he wanted to give the third act uh, a better um write and a better edit, but they quote unquote took the film out of his hands. Well, like a better, a, report, yeah. a better edit. The third act I, is what makes this movie. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree a better edit. The one sequence where one of the spaceships is like getting destroyed, I, yeah. I, I had no idea what was happening because of how like um, frantic it was and how many quick cuts there were. But anyways, um, you know, this the, half the movie is like the third act, right? When they go into outer space, like that, and that's generous. I think that's like this movie is like two and a half hours, 
And I paused the movie going like, well, we should be about done. And there was an hour left. I did the same thing right before Freedom and Independence are leaving. They come from Houston, right? So yeah. before they go from Houston, um, I said to myself, oh, I'm going to get a snack. Oh, but we're, we're close to done, right? And I was like, motherfucker, we've got no, another no, hour. There was an hour left because it looks like it's about to end. The music is playing and they I'm like, oh, wow. This okay, movie. 15 more minutes. And then, yeah. Typically, this, the training sequence of a movie is like the middle. Yeah. Getting ready for the end. The training sequence ends at the halfway point so yeah, yeah when you, the the normal moviegoer um is kind of thrown off i would think by just how they um you know de- like how much portion of the movie is dedicated just towards the climactic yeah you know uh mission they go on uh but i think part of the reason why that outer space part is like half the movie is because they add that one sequence of the refueling Right? Yeah. The, yeah. The refueling yeah. sequence makes me so mad because it adds like 20, 25 minutes to the runtime, and it's not even what the movie's about. Yeah. Basically, someone told Michael Bay, oh, when spaceships go out into outer space, they need to stop at the refueling station. And Michael Bay said, could that explode? <laughs> and, and another thing, too, is that, like, uh, I understand this whole movie is not meant to be, like, used in physics classes or anything involving astrophysics, but, um, uh, critics have gone on to say that that particular scene with the reach uh, fueling at the Russian space station is like uh, extremely unbelievable in every sense of the word. There's yeah. no way you can make gravity with that kind of rotation. Mm-hmm. It would be impossible to line up two ships while having that gravitational rotation match with the docking stations they would need to get refueled. Like everything about it is the most ridiculous thing. Exclamation uh, underline everything I know I know this movie should not work this movie is aggressively anti-science first of all NASA is pro-America oh well I mean (laughs) what's more pro-American than anti-science you know what the thing I don't want to miss a thing of is uh, patriotism no this movie is basically like I'm proud to be an America American like personified (laughs) and and that's always been Michael Bay's mantra but how Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck and Billy Bob Thornton, a lot of actors have said, like, I did this just for the money. Yeah. Steve Buscemi. Like, Ben Affleck on the DVD commentary says, like, why would you get drillers to be astronauts instead of astronauts to be drillers? Uh, That's That's a famous example. So the very premise of this movie is something that everyone knows makes no sense. The very premise of this movie is when an asteroid is on a collision course with Earth, NASA's plan to stop that asteroid is to recruit drillers to become astronauts so they can drill to the center of the asteroid, plant a bomb so they can destroy it from the inside. But instead of training astronauts to drill, they teach or they train drillers to be astronauts. And everyone knows, everyone knows that makes no sense. But a part of me thinks that Michael Bay wanted to punch everybody in the face cinematically with that logic. In the scene where... um, uh, Harper is talking to Billy Bob Thornton's character and they're like and he shows them all the astronauts that are going to be taught how to drill yeah. and then it goes into this like weird monologue about how like um, I-, I might be accidentally quoting CinemaSins here but like saying like drilling is hard work astronauts for wusses like that kind of thing yeah. like oh, shames yeah. shames the occupation of being an astronaut you know the hardest thing you can do to your body uh, and, th- and yeah. saying you know what you need you need real drillers I'm bringing my men on here drillers are real men yeah 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 like, yeah. If this movie had a, a human antagonist, it would be that William Fickner character who's just like, I'm doing this for, like, yeah. like uh, he's yeah. really trying to be like, guys, this is a, st- like, why are you here? But he's like, if anything, the only person who makes sense, Will, that, that actor I like seeing in things because he's so, like, authoritative in a way that grounds a lot of movies, but not even he can sell the line, he's got space dementia, no, <laughs> which I... he says about Steve Buscemi, which is such, like, a insane line but that is where we are with this movie. Nothing makes sense. In his defense, I needed him to say that line because I thought Rockhound was just being an idiot for a lot of the movie, I think which he kind of is. I think uh, Steve Buscemi and Michael Clark Duncan knew what movie they were in. Mm-hmm. Knew, and Peter Stillmore. <sighs> but they knew what movie they yeah. were in. And I was reading a quote by Steve Buscemi. He's just like, well, it got me a bigger house. I was about to say, he and said I want to be a bigger house. I think like the steps to yeah. this movie being made, A, it, like, it just, like this movie... The origin of it was we uh, the studio said we have to beat 
deep impact. We yeah. have to make our own deep impact. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like if they you took, took notes and just said like we have to come out with this first. If you made deep impact, but then gave it a lobotomy, you get Armageddon. <laughs> if deep impact didn't get its graduate degree, it would have gotten you get Armageddon. Well, it's like the I guess the deep impact for the common man. I I don't know. They basically add a ton of explosions to it. This movie has maybe fifty explosions in the first eight minutes. Oh. The title card explodes. And on that subject, I'd rather have if if we. Have- Griffin dies with the- <laughs> what a bizarre cameo. If we have to keep the narration at the beginning, if that's something we're just not in the Heston, alternate universe, right? it's Charlton Heston. Yeah. But why not Morgan Freeman? That would have just been so. Why Charlton Heston? Why that? I had no. Why idea. narration? Let's start with that. I mean, let's well, show me the dinosaurs. It's only for the very beginning, and yeah, that's what I'm they're, saying. They're they setting up the asteroid thing with showing an animation of an asteroid, the mm-hmm. asteroid that killed the dinosaurs crashing into Earth. The One of the issues with that is that when you see the animation of Earth, it is like today's Earth because it's yeah. like today's continent. Because like, they need to prove it to you that it's the Yucatan Peninsula, right? Is that where the asteroid Right, is? that's yeah. where the... Like, Which the, didn't exist back then. The crater is. Yeah. But that just goes into how anti-science this movie is. Oh, God. They're constantly shitting on NASA. NASA's wrong about everything. And Bruce Willis is constantly putting them down. Just slightly in a way that like they, they sort of deserve for this movie like none of the science makes sense but just feels like yeah let's rip on NASA mm-hmm. and just prove it to you that the only ones going to save the day are these oil boys well it, it's it's the jocks beating up on the nerds like, yeah and I always think yeah. that's like a Michael Bay mentality like a way of like character like the characters are the jocks yeah. the nerds are the nerds smack you in the back of the head wedgie <laughs> Maybe that, comic relief. maybe that speaks to why uh, it's just, we're having this disparity of audiences really liking this because I feel like the, Ameri- loved it. the American population is way more like jocks than nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, reading the audience reviews for this, I yeah. really wish there was a font for sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't tell. It's called Wingdings. Because I, I do, I want to, this movie is dumb entertaining oh I, like it, it's yeah it, it really sure. is like you know if you're yeah. with friends and it was on it's a good drinking game it's a good point and laugh at it it's it really, really is it's, the dumb monkey at the zoo it's yeah. watchable it has a lot of watchable aspects to it uh you know i mean first of all audiences love ensemble casts right yeah, I of mean, course yeah that goes for it and the cast they are charming they're just doing their normal shticks bruce willis and his kind of like you know, that glare he has and his kind of, like, um, backhanded put-downs. Mm. You have Steve Buscemi. He's sassy, but, you know, don't touch my daughter. You know, the every dad man. <laughs> um, ben Affleck. Right before he loses his hair. You have- that sounds like uh, uh, Tommy Wiseau got cast hey, in hey, his hey. I, I yeah. would have... Here's the thing. I... I could talk on this movie all day, but at the end of the day, I loved it because it really is like the G-force of a movie that you're feeling. I read that like the average cut is like a second and a half. So like you just do not have a lot of time to soak anything in. Mm-hmm. But in oh, regards- when the bomb goes off, I think that's the most artistic thing oh. Michael Bay has ever attempted. <laughs> oh, that was a little God. beautiful. I was that, like, wow. Can we talk about how like, yeah, his flashback is like one scene of them like near the tree that Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck were also like, do they all just hang out near the same tree? They're all, Those like, were his <laughs> last thoughts. Is that the same place where... Uh, ben Affleck and Liv Tyler are flirting with animal crackers, and they like they bang to the music of her dad, of of Steve Tyler, actual dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve Tyler. But like, I, I feel like so much to talk about this movie. I would have spent, I would have loved if they had spent more time on Michael Clark Duncan, Steve Buscemi, and it's oh, only, yeah. and apparently they were told that there was going to be more time spent on them, like it was going to be more about the ensemble and about uh, Bruce Willis's character. Yeah. But apparently, um, I was just reading this with some notes that uh, with the success of Titanic. And wanting mm. to appeal to quote unquote teenage girls. Yeah, yeah. They added, they didn't add Liv Tyler's character, but they added more like to the very wooden romantic scenes about like, uh, what qualifies as a cracker? You put a cheese on it. What is this conversation we're having? Well, that to me is such like a phony attempt to appeal to like a female demographic. It's mm-hmm. like, don't worry, ladies, we got something for you too. <laughs> <laughs> girls, get in line. <laughs> I, with apologies to Liv to Tyler and says. Ben Affleck, I think they've both grown as actors. Yes. Yes. And they have proven that, but this is very much in the beginning of their careers, and that scene is awful in every way. I can't take that scene. Yeah. It is so cringy. But th- it's kind of on par with, like, 
if you were to do like a top ten like cringiest love scene, that's like up there with like I don't like sand from like oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you, do you think they have animal crackers and other? Like, Why is all of your impressions of these actors like, <laughs> they're, they're all Brooklyn, Brooklyn or something? Yeah. But, but they're French Brooklynites. Yeah. They have she has the lines. They're like, me. <laughs> so Liv Tyler, when they're flirting with animal crackers, Liv Tyler has a line where it's like think anyone else on this whole world is doing what we're doing now and Ben Affleck is like sure hope so otherwise what's this world fighting for first of all I hope no one has ever done that ever at any point in time second of all that is to you like the epitome of human existence is like running an animal cracker along your girlfriend's stomach I uh, the only thing I could think of when she said that line because of how hollow it is is like Michael Bay 3am shirtless sweating over his desk thinking yourself how do people talk fuck how do people <laughs> People talk to each other like he needed to write a scene. He it's a lose lose because a if someone wrote that and I want to get into the writing for a bit, oh, but if someone wrote the that, five that's a that's a oh my god. Yeah. But if they improv that, oh my god, oh, it's god. a lose lose. Yeah. But this movie had nine writers on it. Nine writers, now including J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, a young J.J. Abrams. He did the screen. But they also went to and you can. Uh, I think they went with the guy who wrote uh, Jumanji and Die Hard with a Vengeance. They went with his story. Like they uh, had like, uh, Armageddon. Yeah. What's your What's your plot? And everyone's like, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. but uh, they had Robert Town come in and do some writing. And Robert Town uh-huh. is known for writing what many consider the best screenplay ever, Chinatown. Jeez, he's a, he's wow. an old, but he's an older man by this point. And imagine going to a screenwriter like Rob. We got a challenge for you. Do we know what parts he contributed? I imagine it's just a bunch of cut and paste. It, it, the movie looks like it was written by nine people. I mean, on second yeah. thought, I don't want to know. But because, like, <laughs> you, you get the guy who writes what many consider the best screenplay of all time, and you ask him to like, okay, animal crackers. What can you do with them? <laughs> well, why? What we, can you do with these animal crackers? We have. I mean, yes, he he has written one of the best screenplays of all time, but this is uh, like a clearly a movie that was made just for the money and special effects, like. I would not ask the writer of The Godfather to help me out with, like, some mindless action movie. That Forget it, sense. Ben. It's Armageddon. <laughs> Forget it, Ben. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> That's how I knew about this movie for the first time in my life, was even before I saw it, uh, Mad Magazine did a uh, comic called Armageddon Out of Here, and it, nice. was, uh, it was great. 150 feet, Harry! <laughs> The nuclear warhead. I was doing that guy from that movie, you know, Slim Pickens, where he rides it all the way in, the nuclear warhead. No. I didn't see that one, huh? We got 700 feet of hole to dig, Rockhound. All right. Just, just wanted to feel the power between my legs, brother. Hey, Sharp. No nukes. No nukes. No nukes. You got any more bullets in that gun, Sharp? I would say the marketing deserves their own Oscar. I know they don't give Oscars for this, but the marketing of this was, they built it as an event movie. Right. I remember seeing it with this my was, parents. Did you like, guys, I mean, we were pretty young when this movie came out. I mean, I was you know, eight. I was, yeah, I, I, was I was about seven, six when it came out. I don't think I was really aware of this movie or really had seen it until it was like on TV, like, you know, whatever movie channel right. and I think I with my parents a few times um, and, you know, being younger, I enjoyed, you know, just the shallow pleasures of it, I guess, you yeah. know, like yeah. the yeah. banter between the actors and all those actors are like, you likeable. love Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Right. You know, the action you of loved, it all. Uh, you you know. loved Escape from LA and all of his roles there. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Independence, this movie, I remember the theater being packed and this movie has clap moments. Like yeah. this movie yeah. is uh, a sports movie. Oh yeah. Martin Scorsese said, not theme park sports. It's sure. It, th- this movie was a success. This movie oh, yeah. was lightning in a bottle success. It made a lot of money. This is like this is volcano in a bottle. It's just like <laughs> yeah. it's insane what's going on. There. I um yeah I always knew this movie for being on like the USA Network USA, at, yeah. on like yeah. Sundays at five p.m. It's heavily edited, so you probably get not including commercials about an hour and forty five minutes or something. Which is what yeah. it probably should have been. Yeah, we probably should have been, but I never watched it because I was just more of a in in the three movies that are playing in rotation: Forrest Gump. 
Gump, uh, Shawshank Redemption, and uh, Armageddon. And NCIS. Episodes of Suits. CS, episodes of Suits, uh, CSI Miami. But um, but no, I um, I think I was more in love uh, to uh, tip of the hat to the uh, production and marketing, like you were saying. Um, we had this poster. You guys yes, both remember. I wanted to bring up this poster. Yeah, we had this poster at our... Uh, co- so we a little lived- context, a little yeah. context. So, you know, a lot of us, for those who don't know... Um, the three of us and a lot of other guests who've been on the show, we all went to college together. We went, we went to Rutgers. Hey, Rutgers! And at uh, this Scarlet Knights, at, at this off-campus house where that was basically like the epicenter of all of our madness, there was a poster, this long, like short poster that had all the it was characters. Wide, it was yeah, a wide yeah, poster. that's what it is. Um, <laughs> they, it was, Armageddon was there, and it was like there for like you know just because it was kind of funny. They had like um, the like some of the main characters' faces emblazed um, over this poster with all their motivations. So it's just kind of funny. Like they have Bruce Willis's character. He's doing it for honor. Let's do it in a round. Grace, she's doing it for love. Which, by the way, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't do anything. AJ, he's doing it for her. Which is, yeah. Which is kind of close-minded. <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing this. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character, Truman... He's doing it for his country. For the record, he's doing a lot in this movie. I don't want to take away. He's not going up to space. He's in the, you know, ground control. So yeah, I don't yeah. know why he's being added. Uh, Chick, he's doing it for the thrill. I can't believe there's a character in a movie named Chick. He's also not doing it for the thrill. He's Is doing that it for the bad dad? Yeah, yeah, that's bad dad. the bad dad. Yeah, wait a minute. That's not true. For the thrill. Who's not doing it for the thrill? Um, to save his son. And then one more. I'm going to give it to Keith. And then Rockhound, he's doing it for the money. That's, That's probably the most true. accurate, yeah. That's the most accurate. But but, but did, didn't he say when he was coming down, when they were uh, going, he said he owed $100,000 to a yes. loan shark? I think Steve Buscemi has a scene right before they go up in space where he borrows... No, I remember that scene, yeah. $100,000 from yeah. a uh, loan shark because he assumes that, you know, everyone's going to die, so might as yeah. well. Uh, so the strip club. <laughs> no, that, that was a little, um, you know, short-sighted mm-hmm. on his part, I guess. Um, I'm very curious what the paycheck for all the, for like would you guys be in this if you like we've all acted in stuff before yeah would you star in this movie can I answer my answer is absolutely but I don't want to be lied to that I think the ensemble cast was like I think I remember reading that um, a couple of them including uh, Steve Buscemi and Michael Clark Duncan but specifically Steve Buscemi took on the role because they were told it was going to be a more heroic. Um, writing of the characters, yeah. which is what he wanted, because at this point, um, what was he in by, after by this point? He had just played so many kind of like I don't want to say skeezy, but he kind of Him played and like Peter Stomore really oh, worked a lot. He was on Fargo by this point, and yeah, so he wanted to like move away from that type of character, <laughs> and so he wanted to do like a more heroic character, and then it got as it, it got rewritten, and then the studio comes yeah. in like, hey, you know what that character that you're really good at playing? Yeah, you remember Map to the Stars, Eddie? We want yeah. you to do that again, basically, but more of a pervert. But the paycheck for this month, like, like Billy Bob Thornton said, like, this was, like, clearly... Could not turn it down. No, of course not. It also depends on where you are in your career, and I think it's interesting to look at where each of the actors are in their career. So, you know, by this point, Bruce Willis is a very established action movie star. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on the other end of the spectrum, I thought Owen Wilson, interesting, that he, at this point, I don't think he's as famous as some of these other stars... But he does that Owen Wilson thing he does in a lot of his early filmography. He is the first to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Anaconda, The Haunting, The Haunting. And I think his only big movie at the time was that, and, and we don't talk was about it. Wes but he... Anderson uh, Bottle Rocket. Uh, I think yeah, like that okay. was around this time. He died in Rushmore. No one talks about it. But uh, he did. That was uh, a deleted scene. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I think Owen Wilson in this movie is just like his typical Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson self. Yeah. Why did they kill him off so soon? I mean, a part of me even asked, like, I, I'm, I'm glad that Owen Wilson's in the movie, but he doesn't have that much going on to do. Like, there's he's a, yeah. a there's geologist, a of- and they just kind of show him like. You know, bantering around and like I think he helps with like oh, yeah. building the drill. Yeah, they all help with that. Looking confused and saying kind of new agey things that no he one's has, really paying attention to. He has some to. Owen Wilson moments where like 
it's like, guys, this is outer space. I mean, this is real, like, hero stuff here, guys. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, I love that stuff. Uh, I wish we had gotten more of it. <laughs> the most bonkers scene when they're trying to pick him up in the helicopters and he's running away and sort of the... They um, were all running away. They but, were, but he was specifically, like, they, they made sure that he was completely shaded because I don't know why they couldn't get him on a horse or something they, like the that. The very weird close-up of him, like... Was he the guy on the horse when they were, uh... When the helicopters when the were helicopter, through, yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. during that montage of, like, I got a crew. <laughs> By the way, that was a span of uh, 18 hours that Liv Tyler and Bruce Willis are going to... 18 hours, yeah. That they were going to Houston from the South China Sea and yes. the oil rig. So all of these dudes had the time to go to South Dakota, New Orleans, wherever the hell Owen Wilson went. They don't... Don't put any thought into this movie that they didn't. I, I, like, I, I am you mad. Will, your head will spin. This movie does not for, deserve your, like, your time and stop right now. Especially for disaster yeah. movies yeah. like this. Like, him and Roland Emmerich, that global hopping, like, mm-hmm. they don't care. No. Well, those movies, care. It's all good. Yeah, it's all, like, surface level Let stuff. Let it ride, man. I mean, a lot of those movies involve destroying cities, which I'm not a really big fan of. I don't like seeing destruction on such a huge scale like that. New York that. gets it so bad. New York gets Always. it. Always. And but yeah, Paris I, is ruined. I get a kick out of um, that opening scene where they destroy New York City because it is so like cheesy in like little ways. For example, when they destroy Grand Central Station, there's a guy with an I Love New York shirt. In case yeah. you still weren't sure where we were, there's a guy with that. Uh, or even like the top of the Chrysler building comes down. Oh, the humans come down with it. Yeah, that was, oh, it, it that looks was really the bad. People, yeah. That's a problem, too. This is like the yeah. late 90s. This is when CGI was really, like, you know, pun intended, exploding. Yeah. And the problem is that movies at the time were so, like, excited to use it but it has aged so badly oh that yeah, yeah. all that asteroid and the it was um it, this movie was nominated for like a couple words i'm so happy it didn't win anything. no yeah oh, yeah yeah, like, yeah the, i'm glad shakespeare in love blew away the academy <laughs> that's great well glenn patrick was completely cgi yeah. and, and ben affleck was in both of those movies Oh, that's right. He yeah, was. He was. Yeah. You know, he was also he in. He played Ned something in Shakespeare in Love. I can't remember the name. But. He was also in the very next Michael Bay film, Pearl Harbor. Yes, he was. Which I despise that movie because that movie, quick tangent about that, Go is on. not even about Pearl Harbor. Michael Bay basically decided, you know, Pearl Harbor isn't interesting enough. Let me just create these fictional characters and have a love triangle that happens to take place during Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So, little tangent there. Heaven forbid you do any real research on any people that were on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. That like, wouldn't have been that hard to do at all. No, there's no interesting stories there. No, well, Mike, nope. Michael Bay uh, is like a... If you ever want to look at how like the studio what they're thinking and mm. at that time, yeah. Michael Bay is always a good example and for better or for worse. Yeah. It's like, okay, this guy who did uh, music videos and Got Milk commercials. I mean, he gets he's, his first big movie with yeah. The Rock. Yeah, I don't know. He's right now in Bad that's Boys. His mo- oh no, The Rock was the first. I think. Uh, is it? I thought he did. I thought he direct. Did he not direct Bad Boys? Am I wrong? He did Bad Boys and Bad Boys Two. Okay. Um, oh, but, okay. But he starting out. Those are very kind of uh, retain. Like I don't know. They're held back on what. It yeah. Really could there's, be. Restraint. There's, there's, there's restraint. There's restraint. There's restraint. Yeah, for. yeah, yeah. And then the studio goes like it. it during the time of when Bugs Life, so they have to make a Woody Allen Ants movie. They're like their studios are copying one another. Yeah, a lot and, of copycats. Like, okay, we're gonna get yeah. uh, the Rock was successful, so we're going to get Michael Bay, who did Armageddon. Okay, Titanic was successful. Successful. What other American tragedy can we exploit in some way with a yes. love story? Uh, Pearl Harbor. All right, Toys are like uh, like what are people in now? Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's very much okay. That's a success. Let's give him seven more. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's not, and that's another reason why like I can see myself very much defending my experience and how much I had a good time with it because there is no defending the intelligence of Armageddon. It is Lock a jockey, meathead, bulky, fuck you to the face slap of a movie. Totally. But it's also a like a crazy 3D experience. Like if they I like if it was one of those things where like in like Six Flags or Disney or wherever, they strap you in one of those um uh indoor experiences where oh, you're like simulate a simulation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You put me in one of those and I'll sit there for two and a half hours and mm-hmm. do that whole thing. That would be incredible. And even watching it on my like 
dingy laptop, I got a little bit of that, mm -hmm. which was enough to keep my attention. So being in a big theater with a big screen light, seeing it when it was coming out at the time, I can see it being fun for that and yeah. getting prices, if nothing It else. is, I'm sure, a good movie theater experience at the time. I'm yeah. sure at the time, like, the effects were, you know, impressive for people. And, um, you know, this was, yeah. like, probably... I feel like it's a textbook summer blockbuster. It's I was about very, to say, oh, yeah, it's yeah. the epitome of a summer blockbuster. It's very like yeah. Fourth of July. You, yeah. you could compare it to a fireworks yeah. show. It's a hundred degrees outside with a hundred percent humidity, and I don't want to think. Yeah, let me go in for some air. This people, movie, yeah. yeah, this movie is like I came in here primarily for the air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's two and a half hours, so you get plenty of it. And like exactly. on the drive home, it's just like that was a fun movie, and then you start talking about the movie, and you're like, wait a minute, yeah. no, 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 but I had fun. Right. Like, and that's where yeah. a lot of people. That's where a lot of the reviews are. Like I know it's stupid, yeah, but I had a lot of fun with its stupidity. Yes, but there are a lot of easy things that they do to like boost people's positive opinions, like you know all those American flags. You know, like if it, 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 I feel like people who defend this movie are like, oh, what are you anti-American or something? Like you know, it, it, well that's Michael Bay's. Like Michael Bay, even yeah. Transformers. It's so he's very pro-military, very a lot pro, of like, lot of backdrops like, of flags, if not just yeah. a direct shot of flags. Um, you know, a lot of inspirational quotes or lines that are thrown in there. Well, that's why they hired uh, Liv Tyler. Um, we just need Grace behind a draped flag. We yeah. need her behind Paige. I mean, honestly, they would play the national anthem behind her the whole time if they the, could. Oh, also, Mila Jovovich and uh, Robin Wright Penn turned this down. And really? I'm, I was like, oh, Mila Jovovich, you've... And didn't well, they have she to, turned this down. I remember reading, didn't they have to convince Liv Tyler like twice? Like they like she like yes. rejected it twice before she finally said she'd do it. Like, hey, can wow. you beef up this character? Can you just give me anything, please? Well, uh, the advantage of casting Liv Tyler is that her father, Steve Tyler, provided pretty much the entire soundtrack. Don't wanna close my eyes. Fun fact, or you know, uh, not really that fun, this that was my prom song. Really? Yeah. That's that a was beautiful the, prom that, song. that was the end of prom. Yeah, but it's like it was the Arm the art song like I don't want to uh, don't want to miss a thing song from the sound Armageddon soundtrack. I, I was I about to like say prom song. I don't mean to make fun, but I can see a high school Keith like being asked by the most be like the homecoming queen comes up to you and asks the dancers like I can't. This no, is this is Armageddon. Not to this. <laughs> Maybe next time. Toots. <laughs> Are you guys aware that that song I don't want to miss a thing was written for this movie? I, yes, I do know that, and that's what agitates me the most about it. Because if this was like if this was like an Aerosmith B side from like. 89 when like that's what I thought when yeah I, when Steve Tyler time. when Steve Tyler's like coming out of um he's coming out of rehab and like they're making their big late 80s early 90s comeback and this was like a ballad that didn't go that well but they're reusing it I would have that would have been enough the fact that they wrote it for that and it has nothing to do with what the fuck we're doing with the movie no, you know what I mean just, it elicits these like you know very cheesy feelings and I know or at least I read that a lot of Aerosmith fans hate that song and really yeah, I believe they it. consider it to be yeah. like Aerosmith selling out which I guess in a way they are they're being paid by he's on American Idol or he was like on American Idol but he didn't tell Aerosmith that apparently he did that on his own some just saying but like I'm defending like, Steve Tyler like, like, <laughs> your honor <laughs> your honor objection no but uh, I bet that your theory about like I bet they are just like oh we got but like, we're getting paid all this money to write a song yeah. I don't want to write this song they're just like looking through folders yeah I just I, I feel like I feel like if, if you're going to give me, like, a, a I love uh, I love a song to go with a movie. If, like it, sure. But, like, it needs to have a little bit of a connection. Like, Huey Lewis and the News, Power of Love, and then later they would write back in time for Back to the Future Part 2. Like, both of those have somewhat of a connection to what's going on in that movie, right? Yeah. Um, there are other examples that I'm not thinking of at the moment. My Heart Will Go On, Celine Dion. But the for Titanic. Like, that's a perfect connection. That works, but another song... This reminds me of Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose has nothing to do with Batman. But that story, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> absolutely nothing. But you can example. find it, Dan. I will kick you out. No, 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 no. Um, I'll, I'll see myself <laughs> out. Thank you for having me. No, but I also read that, um, or no, I listened to it. That seals um, or roses have nothing to do with Batman. Seals, roses. It, it, there was a there was an enemy, the seal that they never got to. Uh, it was the it was the it was a pilot Batman played anime. by Vincent Price. Oh, it was, oh, it was perfect. You should have seen the mustache. Uh, but he. Um, Apparently that was a seal B-side that uh, they decided to pick up for the very end of Batman. Wow, of that was a B-side? I thought that was his most famous song. It, it wasn't originally. Batman propelled it, apparently. Uh, okay. I could be wrong about that. That's what I heard. He's like um, 90s soundtracks. It's like a weird, there's no it, defending that, though, I agree. It's like a weird algorithm of, like, both of just, like, 90s plus movie making. Like, why yeah. this movie is a success, who Bruce yeah. Willis star at the time, Oscar winner... 
who we want to make an A-lister, Ben Affleck, right. son, uh, daughter of, of Liv Tyler, like, uh, just all these famous these 90s ensemble, character actors. Yeah. Like, uh, not deep. Like, this movie, made, uh, it's $140 million. That's a big. They, the studio invested big. Was this? Yeah, this they, was, but they it paid off. It paid, this yeah, was, I think it's one of the biggest box office movies of the 19th This was Disney, right? I think so. This was number... No, it wasn't no. Disney. No, 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 but it was... Uh, I think Deep Impact. Touchdown. Yeah, Touchdown. It was Touchdown. Yeah, Touchdown. This was yeah. like the biggest... Um, I heard this was like the biggest budget they had given, Touchdown had given, a yeah. film at the time. And yeah, it was the highest grossing of 1998. And yeah. in defense of uh, of Michael Bay, yeah. this this movie was 16 weeks to shoot. Yeah. And he uh, just described it as being hectic. And sure, yeah. I imagine... Yeah. I always said, oh, I would be in this movie. Of course, there's one, there's the money. But I get to hang out with all these like famous actors. And we get to... like yeah. you know, When we're not... You know, when we're not filming, we're playing basketball or something. I get to hang yeah. out with Michael Clark Duncan. You know, to yeah, you get to play basketball with Michael Clark Duncan. Apparently, I bet Michael. I can get Michael my ass Bay, kicked at basketball. Michael Bay was very <laughs> much like, "All right, we got to do all this stuff in all these sixteen-hour days." Because Bruce Willis did say, "I will not. I did not like his directing style, and uh, I will not work with him again." Yeah, burn so a bridge. So I ma- imagine the actors may have had fun. Maybe I thought but they I know had... Bruce Willis and Michael Bay did not have fun. Okay, Cyclops lady starting to bug me. Can you handle that? I mean, I can handle what I'm, you know, I'm going to do. I can handle that, but I don't know if I can handle this room. Woman with large breasts. Woman with medium breasts. Here's Harry giving me a hard time. And uh, this is Harry telling me it's not good enough. And uh, this is Harry telling me I can't marry his daughter. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Just let it out. I suffered a major head injury when I was in high school. This one looks like you. With breath. Yeah, I can handle it. Yeah, I can handle it. A home run! The Cubs win the World Series! I thought they had good chemistry. I mean, that's part of why the banter part at least worked for me. Like, you know, the montage of them getting evaluated and training and, you know, little scenes of them kidding around. I thought that, you know, they had good chemistry. Uh, so that's one positive thing I'll say. The scene where uh, they're all getting uh, tested in the NASA hospital training center or whatever. Yeah. And Michael Clark Dun- uh, Duncan just jumps on the bed and just starts doing like a little strip tease. Like, that was so fun to watch. That was fun to watch, but also out of nowhere. Um, and But the problem, though, too, is they build up all these characters with all these relationships. Right. And it seems like when they go into outer space, they kind of kill them arbitrarily. Like, why, does, why did yeah. they kill certain characters and not others? Like... It just seemed like they picked names out of a hat, like, this character lives, this character dies. You're it, probably right. <laughs> it, this, I don't know if this is diving back into the deep end of thinking too hard about this movie, but I think what would have been a better cocktail, a better uh, sort of algorithm for this, is really, like, cut it deeply to, like, I don't know, under two hours, and have that whole training thing be like an 80s montage. Put, like, yeah. Highway to the Danger Zone behind it, right? Make it quick. Give Steve Buscemi a couple of quick lines to say, like, oh, this is nothing like like when I was a teacher at Princeton or whatever, mm. and then let's get right to the action of being in space. Like, I, I like that they were, you know, having that fun with it, but it also felt like it, it was making it arbitrarily long. Like, well, I think yeah. I know why that scene was long, and I discovered this also. Uh, they, like, begged NASA to, like, can we use this equipment? Yeah. So, like, can we use all this, like, the... The, the billion-dollar suits? The, and, yeah, they, they were only... They only used, like, two of those know, suits. Yeah. Uh, oh. the, the rooms, the anti-gravity rooms, the water. They, kind, they, like, begged NASA to be like, can we use, like, this, yeah. this area for... I don't know how many weeks or something, but I imagine it's just like, well, we got the area. We might as well just have... Make the most. Get of your it. money's like, worth. Get the money's worth. I understand that. But you know they repay NASA by bashing them the whole time. And yeah. NASA, well, yeah. NASA repaid them by they apparently show this movie to astronauts and people what? like what's here's what's wrong. All this oh, stuff. Yeah. Apparently, there's a hundred and sixty-eight. Check my number. Of things wrong with this movie? I, like yeah, not like it, yeah. not only storytelling wise, but just like. What astronauts shouldn't do. Inaccuracies. Yeah, yeah exactly. Here's that, how you're going to die if you try to recreate that. That number Don't sounds... Drill. Don't drill. That number sounds conservative to me. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's like little things like... They they really... Like, C. Buscemi has a couple moments where he really undercuts... Like, real things that are like scientific terms. Like, when they say you'll slingshot around the moon... C. Buscemi's like, what, like the fucking coyote? Like, that's stupid. I'm like, no, that's actually, like, how it works. And by the way, his character is supposed to be the most intelligent because during the psychoanalysis, uh, I'm not saying the word right, uh, psychoanalysis, yeah. he, um, 
He, he, he like, uh, touts that he got two PhDs by the age of 22 and taught yeah. at Princeton for two years. He's so, I got an idea. If you're going to make his character say that, how about come up with something better? Like, yeah, and that just kind of, like, put down, like, actual things that NASA says. Yeah. Or even, I blame Robert Town for that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you should, yeah. <laughs> blame him for that one. Or when they're, like, you know, training in the pool and then, like, yeah. is like, what, are we going to go swimming on this rock? I'm like... Dude, don't be an asshole about this. Captain America uh, um, overjumped the base by 27 miles. How do you know that? Because I'm a genius. We're going to die. Apparently, you're also a dick. Yeah. Uh, and then they set him up to be this really smart character by that line, right? Mm-hmm. That you brought up. But then he actually does the stupidest things in the movie. Yeah. Like, he is, when he has space dementia, he is like riding the warhead like a horse and he is like just shooting randomly up into outer space. He does the stupidest shit and apparently. That's where the movie, the third act is when this movie takes a left Everything third, gets all higgledy piggledy. This movie takes a sharp left turn into what the fucksville. Like, <laughs> time, it, <laughs> time to throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. Yeah, no, it, it exploded at the wall. Like, it really just. <sighs> That whole the whole scene. we all went for. I feel like America was fooled by this movie. Yeah, because this is. I, I don't. But sometimes you want to be fooled, you know. Sometimes it's it's August and it's hot. You don't mind being fooled. Well, you know, it has all the ingredients of a good movie theater experience. Right. Right? You know, you have all those beats, you have the jokes, you have the action, yeah. and all those things that I guess a lot of audiences, um, you know, look for. Um, and, like, the stars, you know, these are all stars that people had liked already going into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and... The spectacle of it all, that's basically, this is like the epitome of a spectacle movie. Yeah. So some people yeah, like that. Yeah. There's two There's two uh, areas to grade this movie. One on the spectacle, like the entertainment value, the right. dumbness of it, and then the movie itself. Yeah. Because I don't really see a lot of people, a lot of families get, like, what movie are we going to watch today? Let's pop How about Armageddon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, movie, this movie is more casually like, oh... Flip it through the channels. Hey, honey, we're 20 minutes into Armageddon. I can't wait to gather. It's cold outside. I can't wait to gather my huge family all around me (laughs) and get a big old bowl of popcorn and go, this is a classic. It is in the Criterion Collection. I was about to say, this movie, like, it's the the teacher who taught uh, Michael Bay also said, like, this is a work of art. And I'm like, what? And and there was also, tell tell me if this is the wrong quote, because I was reading something about that as well, where the professor says something like, um, you're introduced to the characters in, like, the first act. If that isn't great script writing, I don't know what is. To which I wanted to raise my hand and go, like, is that all you need? This movie movie should give you hope to screenwriters. But wait a minute. Isn't every every movie a movie where you get introduced to the characters in the first act? Is that called exposition? Isn't that how that goes? That's, like, impossible not to I'm a little cinematically illiterate, but I thought that was kind of the goal. journey. Yeah. The hero is in the journey. Joseph Campbell. <laughs> but also, for something to be, you know, an art is subjective, but usually, you know... Art is objective. <laughs> uh, objective. What kind uh, of art is this? This is more like a, bana- a, ba- a banana not... taped, taped to a wall. This is, this is this that is equivalent. Board, this is borderline propaganda. <laughs> no, this is, yeah, no, this Keith, is equivalent to a banana being taped to a wall and someone buying it for $175,000. Keith, yeah. thank you for dating this podcast immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks so much. In like 10 years, I'll be like, what are you imagining? <laughs> Guys, um, this is the Banksy of movies. <laughs> but also, I feel like movies have to... If something is art, it usually is saying something... Even saying nothing is saying something. This movie isn't about anything. This movie has like what is to be taken from this story? This movie isn't saying anything. This this work this art isn't saying anything. It's screaming something at you from its pickup truck and then like just speeding away and not yeah. hearing what you have to say back. Yeah, and throwing like a beer can at my head. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's it's still um yeah, I I I I'm agree to with think the, of the arc. I'm trying to think of the arc for Well, I was just going to say like I agree that there's two ways to look at it from spectacle and the movie standpoint, and I will give credit to Michael Bay and the writers and the editors that um, you know it, seeing it on a bigger screen I definitely get the the fear and the excitement everything from when they're taking that um, what's it called the armadillo and like they're yeah. trying to jettison it through the canyon via yeah. the turbos um, I felt a little bit of fear and trepidation for them mm-hmm. getting stuck in space or when um, I almost said spoiler alert but we've been spoiling like, the whole dang yeah. time well which one gets destroyed freedom or independence uh, independence so when independence um, crashes in and we see the bodies just jump through the window or the glass last <laughs> yeah. minute yeah. Um, I like I felt myself 
myself sweating a little bit. Like, yeah. I got to give it to him there. They he definitely, knows action. It, 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 it gets you right in your instinct, like, ancient yeah. brain and scares you for, like, survival. You're like reptilian brain. Well, the and movie, that's what I like about the it. The movie hits that note constantly because everything goes wrong. There is yeah. not a yeah. moment where there isn't something that's not working, right? Like, the drill head doesn't go... Like, the, the drill heads aren't working. Right. Or then, like, the nuclear... Like, they, they can't rem, uh, detonate the bomb remotely anymore. You know, the first spaceship crashes. Like, there, even the refueling it, station... The, the refueling station... Peter, uh, that, the second... That, 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 the second... They have to the, fight with uh, the uh, U.S. government to stop them from blowing up. Peter yeah. Stillmore joins your team, like... Who is actually... For some reason. The most useful member of the team. Yeah. Uh, but... It's just kind of funny, though, because, um... Oh, shit, I lost my train of thought for a second. Hold on. We'll edit this we were, we were talking about, uh... Don't wanna miss the third. Yeah, like, intermission. Um, I dream of you. Oh, God. This oh, is my not God. It's bringing, it's, back, we, we it's were, bringing uh, back prom all over again. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. I don't remember what mine was. I was saying how everything was going wrong. Uh, we were talking about how Stormair joins them after... Was oh, that? oh, the refueling station. I was just gonna mention how the second they start... Fueling the spaceships, like this, yeah. then really, like there's explosions. Like this refueling station was just like a ticking time bomb, I guess. Yeah. Like it just, it's immediately like like everything is blowing. It's up. It's been leaking. Like it clearly has been leaking since he went down there. So, so Peter like, Stormer is a he's bad at his job, like that yeah. he was assigned to. But you know when he's brought on this mission, then he's the hero. So he redeems himself. He does redeem himself. It should have been about him. I feel like we should have uh, pivoted the movie towards like his life, like when he comes back down to Earth. Like, what what's going on with him now? Armageddon you know? two, how to move? <laughs> like, it's just like Armageddon two. He pray love. Then he like <laughs> travels. He travels around the destroyed cities. The and comic he, comes back, and this time it's pissed. He oh. eats in New York. He prays in Paris, and he loves in Shanghai. <laughs> well, well, how did why did Paris get destroyed? Because what meteor was that? That was like the. Uh, I, I, tell me if I'm wrong about this, but wasn't it like we have like two waves of like mini asteroids coming before the big? Yes. Asteroid? So oh. the first one was New York. Oh, th three. Because the first one was New York. The second one was Shanghai. Had a question about Shanghai's setting. I, I was looking at photos of Shanghai 1998. Didn't necessarily look like that. I thought Anyways. that was a problematic design. They, yes. They, they would not. They, don't, they didn't expect you to do that. I, I, they didn't expect me to look at um, or question whether or not that looked more like Imperial China and not uh, I like think modern it's the day. same set they use in like Pirates of the Caribbean 3 Shanghai. It's like the same thing. It kind of looks like it. Yeah. yeah. But and, regardless. And, and Paris was because uh, Americans beat up on the French. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah like there's that. nothing like Godzilla those, did it, so now we have to do it. There's nothing that is, you know, more enjoyable for some yeah. of these grassroots Americans than seeing, like, Paris get annihilated. Yeah. It's, it, let's get our two national enemies on here, but, like, we've we've sort of, since the Cold War, been cool with Russia, so mm -hmm. our Soviet uh, storm air is going to go ahead and redeem himself, but Paris, no. You don't get out of this. Yeah, one. what's this movie trying to say about our diplomatic relations? It's kind of getting mis mixed messages here. I don't know, because, like, then they do the scene where everyone's listening on the radio, mm -hmm. and it's like, um, all of the rural parts of America that uh, miraculously don't get touched by meteors are listening to, and then we get, like, I guess... I I guess it's like uh, Ireland or somewhere else, yeah. and then it's Istanbul. Maybe I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> and then Paris, but they're all in a cafe and they've got like motorcycles <laughs> and baguettes. No, uh, you know what's funny? Stormer is the classic Russian. There's like vodka like spinning around and potato. Uh, he's wearing like, he's wearing the flap hat. He's wearing the flap hat with uh, the Soviet crest on it. Oh, you, like, know, you know, you know They show the monks, right? Like, like yes, yeah, everyone's yeah. praying. You know what's kind of odd too? Like when they do blow up the meteor, everyone from every point on Earth can see. Like, no matter where yeah. you are on Earth, you it's, are looking at the beautiful same... beautiful Aurora Borealis. But, like, you know, again, this kind of aggressive anti-science here. Like, yeah, every, everyone can see the same point in the sky, yeah. no matter where you are on Earth. <laughs> and then, like... Except for the Eskimos. They didn't show... Like, no, they didn't show that. They have no nope. idea what's going on. Nope, nope. And you would have no idea. And then there's, like, every kid is, like, ready to celebrate with a cardboard They, have the, they all have the sparklers. Yeah, the sparklers. You're right. This movie, I think, did come out... Fourth of July weekend? Oh, it had to have. It had to have been. Like, uh, oh, you know, get a hot dog in your. You know, there's another Toby. funny line with the kids. The chick has the kid. You know, they they really like gloss over that. They rush his kind of backstory. July first. Uh, July first. There you go. Hey, you don't want to miss a thing, and that thing is our nation's birthday. That, no, that's a per like this movie. Why was that the, the studio and marketing just should deserve an Oscar for yeah. this. Oh, movie. yeah. So so um the the chick his son. 
like, I guess his son doesn't know who he is, and the mom's like, you know you're not supposed to come around here anymore. But we never find and out that's why. that's the end of the plot. We don't know yet. We don't, like, what did he do? Yeah, um, he could have been a very bad dad. But he's yeah. just... The whole movie, he's no just... idea. He's just like, a nice guy who, like, is, like, basically got Bruce Willis's back, and I, I don't know, like, what could this guy have done? Uh, but then at the end, you know, it's like, you could see the line coming from a mile away. Like, you know, who's that, Mom? That's your dad. And he's got the, the toy... Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, okay, gave the toy spaceship fine. that he gave him. Well, we've got to cover all the bases of, like, the every men that are going to be on there. We've got, you know, uh, grizzled professional slash concerned father. We've got young guy trying to make his name and trying to make somebody proud. We've got family man with, like, a young child. And we've got huge pervert. Oh, uh, oh Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck trying to make his own. I mean, he is constantly, like, disregarding orders. And he's going by, like, his heart or whatever. Like, in the very beginning, he's disobeying Bruce Willis and causes like the oil rig to like you know overflood right. so he gets fired and then when they're doing the simulation in the pool does the same thing and then he like he's like you know NASA's wrong I, I know like how this machine works NASA's wrong like again putting down NASA so basically the movie is saying Ben Affleck is right like his heart is what saves the day and all those yeah. scientific facts and research would have just held us back. A lot of people don't know this but one of the uh, prototype taglines was Ben Affleck hates NASA and that was going to be you know they got Kevin Smith to approve and... but I, <laughs> I think Kevin Smith did say he like during like Dogma he visited set oh, like, yeah. I yeah. think Ben Affleck was doing this and Dogma at right. the same time because he just finished with well, I don't know if he just finished but Mallrats had come out recently or, no Mallrats was like 90. Oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm thinking of something but else. I just find Ben Affleck so dislikable in this movie because you have that cheesy romance that's cringy, and then he is just constantly like arguing with everybody, like Bruce Willis, NASA. Like he's always yeah. like, "You're all wrong, and I'm right," based on nothing. Yeah. And I don't you know what I was thinking? What? <laughs> I I really don't think that the animal cracker qualifies as a cracker. Why? Well, because it's sweet, which to me suggests cookie and. Me putting cheese on something is sort of the defining characteristic of what makes a cracker a cracker. I don't know why I thought of that. I just. Baby, you have such sweet pillow top. I got like a little animal cracker Discovery Channel thing happening right here. <laughs> Watch the gazelle as he grazes through the open planks. <laughs> now look, as the cheetah approaches. Watch as he stalks his prey. Now the gazelle's a little spooked, and he could head north to the ample sustenance provided <laughs> by the mountainous peaks above. <laughs> he could go south. They really tried to push him to be a leading star. Like the heartthrob? Is yeah. this... This had to be like either... Daredevil, the, this... Right before... Yeah. This was Is this right before or like um, right at the beginning of the uh, Benefer era? No. Uh, uh, no. GLE is like 2003. Yeah, yeah so this five was, years this after was this. The, we call this the Byler era because uh, Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler would be together again in oh. Jersey Girl. Uh, but that was much later. But were they together they were, in real life? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. That don't quote me on that one. Well, you know, Ben, I, if, Ben, if you're listening, can you reach out to us and just or Liv Tyler. I don't want to assume she doesn't yeah, listen. I do like. I I stood up for your Batman. Sorry, you got replaced. And I stood up for Liv Tyler's Batman. I can't believe they haven't cast. Let's you know change no, the gender a bit. Like watch. I was like, Liv Tyler watching like the leftovers. She has grown. Mm-hmm. I I really yeah. do. I'm yeah. really happy both, to see both her actors. Now, you like, know, Ben Affleck is now. You know, he he is. Uh, shown to be a very like skillful director yes. and dramatic actor. You know, Liv yeah. Tyler has done a lot of great work too. So it's just kind of interesting. You know, you get your start here, um, but you know, thankfully they wouldn't get shoehorned into these like really um, you know shallow blockbuster movies. The kids made a great, uh, a fun movie at summer camp. They made a fun. And you know, it's like yeah. watching videos of your old. Uh, plays. Yeah. You you might have fun making it, but they're kind of... Not they're for well, you. They're, they're for you. <laughs> yes. And everyone's going like, this is stupid, but you had fun. I could also... Like you guys had fun. The senior year AV club came up with this insane script and they I, got a bunch of A-listers on yeah. it. I can actually also imagine a bunch of like kids, like middle school age kids, high school kids, like really enjoying this movie 
too. Oh, totally. Like, you know, like school's out, like they, you know, go with their friends to like the mall, go to the movie and uh, have Get a good time with And uh, they've loved it ever since, going on Rotten Tomatoes and leaving <laughs> positive reviews. <laughs> you get reviews. to take your picture with a cardboard cutter, uh, cu- uh, cardboard cutout of uh, Rock Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> and it, it would just, be the cutout with yeah, the Rock yeah, yeah. Out. Or the asteroid. Like. There's just, there's just a, like a text bubble of Rock Band that just like is looking down like this. It just says like, nice gams, babe, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, Twice he says, I didn't know her age. Oh, how gross. No, I hate, I, that's the weird thing about Michael Bay is like he, they had uh, in one of the uh, Transformers, yeah. I want to say, okay, in one of them. Could be more. They had, <laughs> Could be all Mark Wahlberg. They had lines like, you're dating my daughter. Now, once again, I'm not good with this. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're dating my daughter. And the kid whips out. The kid whips out, like, a card that says, like, the Romeo and... I think because they're in Texas, like, the Romeo and Juliet law, which is, like, oh, if I'm 19 and she's 17, that's kind of... I'm, like... That's not what it's called. He takes a lot... Like, he... But he takes, like... This is, like, a half a page of... Of script, I, of yeah. him going to like, well, you know, this is the part justifying, of the law. justifying dating a seventeen year old. I, I know, I know what you're saying, Keith, and that, and absolutely, like that's disgusting in its own right. But for some reason, you know how like someone describes something to you and you see it differently. I thought this guy had a bunch of white cards, and on them said Romeo and Juliet law. And whenever someone questions how old his date is, he just goes, "Hey, man, it's like gross." <laughs> He's like, prepared. Like, I didn't know how old she was. I'm like, damn it, like those, like those lines, like yeah. Is oh. that supposed to make the character like? funny or charming like that's very off-putting if anything that he like frequently is running into problems with like accidentally dating underage girls i think it's borderline insulting to like to like think like oh no we can't have him just be like a professor at princeton like it's not enough for him to just be a genius you Let's know make him a scumbag you oh, know well, smart guys are a bunch of creeps no, but he's a he's a uh in terms of like characters yeah he's a smart guy he could be a little bit on the it's like the mad scientist scale type he, thing. Yeah, like he the mad, be, like yeah. he's the instead of this the gen- yeah, I just feel like, I feel like I feel like in that case, then like we and maybe this is just like a huge comment for the whole thing. Like, uh, give him more to do, give him more to say, give him the suggestions to make it work. Because I feel like there's a lot of moments. I know this movie is just loaded with uh, scientists coming in with ideas, and of course Truman himself, Billy Bob Thornton's got to say a lot of this stuff as well. But like, I don't think this movie Rockhound says anything of actual worth. He just says what people did wrong. No, yeah, you're right. And he's just a commentator. He's, he's just a commentator. He's the two Muppets. But yeah, he's the two Muppets. He's the two but, but Bruce Willis and on having these dudes and, and I think Owen Wilson's supposed to also be expert geologist have him say something about rocks huh mm-hmm. like I don't know it was just it was yeah it was just kind of um, they didn't really justify each character's like importance you know they no. just, they're just a bunch of funny guys and you bring them along the way a bunch of goofy dudes getting I, arrested at a strip club I think this movie ultimately though I find kind of um, like patronizing in a way like it's treating me like I'm dumb yeah you know because it's showing me like this really dumb story and uh, I, I think you know, that's where I ultimately get rubbed the wrong way with this movie. Like, you know, expecting me to be into the really cheesy romance and buying these really cheesy lines and, you know, believing things that are just, like, ludicrous. Like, freaking space dementia. Well, JJ, I, I, I'm trying to remember if you brought this up uh, before, but you have a scale of bad movies. Yes. Where does this... Okay. Where does this fit in your Tell us your movie? scale. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, um, I call it, like, my five movie tiers, bad movie tiers. So, um, it, the first tier is, like, uh, forgettably bad. Then there's, like, uh, like, obnoxiously bad or annoyingly bad. There's offensively bad, so bad it's good, and then unwatchable. So, I would put this in the annoyingly bad, so the second category. And, oh, you, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. I mean... It is bad in a way that a lot of other movies are bad. Again, like they they focus more on like CGI and production than they do a script, and that's a very common, you know, that's a, that's a common cardinal sin of a lot of blockbuster movies. And it is just very like vacuous, you know. There's just um, yeah, there, there's just a lot of really dumb things that you kind of roll your eyes at that are you know just make no sense plot wise. And uh, that's why I find annoying about it. I don't think there's anything offensive about it. I don't think there's really anything that like warranted controversy. And um, it is memorable, so I wouldn't put it in the forgettable category. 
I think we were talking about this uh, before, but, you know, there is the, uh, I don't know if it's too often uh, uh, referenced or categorized category of movies that is, like you just said, so bad it's good. Mm -hmm. um, that there, you know, there are whole things about that right now and, and have been for a long time now. Um, so I don't know if it's being worn out. But I would not categorize this movie as so bad it's good. Mm. It's more like so stupid I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah. gets its own category. It's, like, it's, it's, it's stupid in a... It has some charm in its stupidity. Yeah. You know, like, it's very unassuming, I guess, and it's so basic, and it's just giving you, like, such, like, pr like primal essentials for, yeah. like, entertainment. You know, just kind of, like... Uh, you it's know. your id come to life. Yes. Yeah. There are movies that go for high IQ and those tend to be like pedantic and a little bit like, you know, too much, very pretentious. You have the movies that are, I think a lot of them are, right in the middle, everyone can enjoy them, they have a story to say and they're beautiful and those movies tend to be the most successful in my opinion. And then you have the ones that double down on the yeah. beefiness. This movie and triples think, down. Yeah, you do not need to walk in with any IQ yeah. and, and you're going to have a good time. And I do think audiences, for the most part, uh, 20 years later, 20-something years later, have said, like, it's stupid, but I had a lot of fun yeah, doing it, exactly. and that's why it's an 80... To be yeah, fair, yeah. I think sometimes, like, you want to watch a stupid movie, you yeah, know? Yeah. And this movie is like, well, here you go. This, yeah. movie, this, <laughs> this movie gives you stupid on This a movie is butter-drenched kettle corn with bacon in it. it like, there is a, just, there is nothing for you, but you cannot stop eating it. It is a, it is a stupid <laughs> buffet, and <laughs> they overload your plate, and you're like, I can't do all of this, and yeah. it's like, yes, you will. This movie, you are not leaving this table until you finish all of this They're stupid. feeding it to you through, like, a shovel. This yeah. movie is 40,000 mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I asked Michael why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers, and he told me to shut, shut, shut the fuck up. So that, that was the end of that talk. He was like, you know, Ben, just shut up, okay? You know, this is a real plan, all right? I was like, you mean it's a real plan at NASA to train oil drillers? He was like, just shut your mouth. <laughs> Um, so I think, though, we're at the point, now that we're summarizing things up, but we can um, share what approval rating we would give this movie and any final thoughts. So Dan, uh, as our guest, we'll start with you. What would you ultimately um, give this movie, like, percentage-wise? That's a great question. So uh, going back to something that Keith said, I have to give this thing two grades. Uh, there are two separate grades for it. As a roller coaster, this movie gets 95%. This movie is uh, fast, uh, it's furious, and it's Tokyo Drifting. No, um, <laughs> uh, this movie is just is just at a breakneck fucking speed. Um, there are moments that are a little slow, so it's not a perfect 100%. But I would say in regards to action, it got my adrenaline up a couple of times. So as a roller sure. coaster, I can give this bad boy 95%. As a movie... Hmm, I'm gonna have to. What was the audience score? Can't we, well, the audience gave it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to go back to it, but I'm, it was like um, an eighty something percent. It's a seventy three percent audience score. Thirty eight percent. All right, I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut the difference here and give this bad boy like a sixty five percent, like a high like F or something <laughs> like. Well, that, you're, you're pulling a me, a high F. I'm you gonna like, yeah. that, like a good F. A good F. A yeah, good I think F. I might have gotten that from watching. But yeah, I'm giving it. I'm gonna give it like a non passing grade. Sixty five is passing. Is it passing? It's All right. Watchable, though. Yeah, it's watchable. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of the grade a little bit weird here. I, I'll give it like yeah. I'm gonna give it that because. For all that sucks in this movie, it's clear that they double down on how bad that sucks. If that makes any sense, like yeah. they like, it's clear that they had no interest in focusing on you know a narrative or a plot line or worrying that it was going to be um, a patronizing that they uh, yeah. shoehorned romance in it. They didn't care. They clearly knew what they were giving you. They were giving you a like just fistful of buffet food right in the face yeah. and. It worked for a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people enjoyed it. So it is by no means a, uh, uh, I agree on the whole Criterion Collection edition. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wouldn't get, yeah. If I, this film gets into the National Film Registry, I will Oh, be. you know it is. Come on. You know future generations have to know what to do with an asteroid. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to they're gonna look at this movie for reference. We got to yeah. drill. We must drill. We must drill. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a classic, but uh, I'll give it that, that middle rating just because it belong, I uh, It belongs in a 90s time capsule. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. If you did like, if you did like midnight showings of this at like the Roxy Theater, I do think somewhere. some people like do watch it. Ironically, people like yeah. smart Alex from our generation are like, "Oh, this is so dumb. Look how dumb <laughs> that is." Future assholes. Yeah. 
Basically. Yeah. Keith, what would you uh, uh, give this? Okay, well, the first score, I would probably give it a little bit lower. I would give it like an 80 okay. percent. Yeah. Uh, like on a personal level? On a, on a personal, like, it's not something I would go out of my way to watch, but if it was on TV. Yeah. Like, I haven't watched this movie in years. No, neither have I. But, like, if it was on, I would watch a little bit of it and just kind of go like, that's so stupid. Yeah. Movie-wise, it's the 32. Yeah. But, like, this yeah. movie, this movie is, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. So stupid plot like this. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So we got a th- yeah. we got um. Let me just get my calculator here. So we got a uh, sixty-five from Dan, a thirty-two from Keith. I- I'm being generous because I'm just playing devil's advocate of how much I know they don't care. But I yeah I agree. It's I, really that's an interesting point. They like basically um, deliver you what they said they would. Right. Like this right. movie is very transparent about what it is, what it's giving you. Take it or leave it. No apologies. <laughs> so I kind of have to give it like. A little bit respect for that, um, reluctantly, and I do acknowledge the watchability factor of it. But again, I mean, like to give this thing anything positive is something like reluctant on my part because, like, I just don't want to yeah. like give it any credit for how stupid it is, and I don't want there to be too many movies like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. I do right. not want millions of dollars going towards more movies like this. Yeah. Uh, and this is going to stop it. This I, podcast I, I, is I, stop I, it. I don't think... We got to make a stand. Movies. I don't think there are movies like this. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I, listen, again, it's it for me, and not to take away from the grade you're about to give, but like, yeah, it definitely for me it was, um, it's about honesty. They were mm. honest about how stupid they were. I would have given this a way lesser grade if they tried to sell me on something more scientifically accurate yeah. or like more romantic, but no, they, they were making a big beefy meatball and they threw that at me. And so... It's almost oh, yeah. as if they know that Mama they don't know. You pa- Mama Mia, you pass on the skin of your ass, boys. They, they know they... They know they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Um, you get a sense of that. I would say I would give this movie, yeah, like um, a 40. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, uh, I think so so much of a popcorn movie, uh, it does have that value to it. But, um, yeah, so we said it all. I, I would give it, uh, so, uh, okay, so plus 40 divided by 3. Nope. 110%. <laughs> nope, that is wrong. That's the Michael Bay point. <laughs> that's the Michael Bay guarantee. That's what Michael Bay would give it. Yeah. 32 plus, what did I give it? 40? So divide that by 3, and you get a 45. That right? sounds about right. That makes yeah. sense. That sounds yeah. about right. Because right. it's up there enough that, like, it's. Yeah, it's up there enough that it's stupid and watchable, and there's some merits to it. Yeah. I think a lot of movies but. in that range of percentages are movies that are like, this is like not a, like a well done movie, but it will have its audience, and it does have some redeeming values. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is like not ideal. This this movie is is not a catastrophe. It's just like uh, a bad book report written in crayon. It's it's like not a it's not the a the night tr- before the night before By nine yeah, people. people yeah yeah <laughs> no nine friends got together yeah. uh, including my best friend JJ uh, Abrams uh, came in. And you know what's so funny? You mentioned that JJ Abrams uh, contributed to the writing of this movie. I feel like every year I lose more and more respect for JJ Abrams. Like he did that. He did this. Yeah. Oh man. Just downhill with that guy. Um, I'm ashamed of my fellow JJ. Right, I gotta get. Is he also a Joseph though? Uh, oh, good question. But, um, he's a Jamiroquai. Yeah, he's a James Joyce. He's J- James, James, I hold, Joyce. I hold James my... Jamiroquai Focaraccio. I, I took away JJ's real name. I'm so sorry. That is not it to the people out there. And it also, I just want to say I hold other JJs to very high standards. All right. Well, uh, can you name I another will... JJ real quick? I didn't need to cut Watts. off your JJ Watt, the football okay. player. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't think I've actually ever met another JJ. I think it's like time cop. You push us into each other, and then we like no, morph into other dimensions. There are DJs, CJs, FJs, uh, RJs, BJs, yeah. RJs. Like you're, we're in the J dimension. We're in the JJ dimension. <laughs> all right, that's the best one of them all. Uh, so I will officially decree that we are siding with the critics. So um, thank you, Dan, for joining us. Yes, on thank a discussion. you. It was a pleasure and a we'll half to be here, guys. Thank you so much. I'd love to be back. Thank this was so much fun. Opening our season with us. It's a pleasure to do it, guys. I'm so excited for more shows. Uh, yeah, we would love to have you back. And uh, who knows when we have our uh, season debates? We'll keep you in mind. Oh, yeah. I love it. So um, thank you uh, for joining us for our second season, guys. Uh, we have more divided films along the way, so please stay tuned. Thanks a lot.